0: people always see things wrong when you preach short and concise they say you are too brief and when you explain things in details they say you are too you want to kill us so people always see things wrong at one time or the other what did you say is wrong with me and then there is a pack of CD here last december our ministry that is our church our organized church turned 20 years i was born again 1980 That's the second time. The first time was actually in (laughs) 1978. So when I was born again, again, or I rededicated my life in 1980. And I was called of the Lord in December, on December, 1981. And I started preaching the gospel all across Nigeria, 1982. But we organized the ministry and put, give it, give it a name. You know, in those days, 82 to 87, I was just a freelance. You want me to come to your house, I come there, I stay three days meeting in your sitting room, it's no problem. <laughs> if you want to invite anywhere you want to invite me to. But in 1987, we organized formally and then we put together a ministry, ever increasing word ministries, also known as Rema Chapel. So last year it was 50. So we selected some of our outstanding messages and put them together in a small album. So here is the album, it is also available. By the grace of God, we are going on a three-day journey, and my prayer is that what the Lord wants to share with us at the end of the day, we'll be able to comprehend it and walk in the light of it. Now, let's open our Bibles tonight to First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. Look at your neighbor on left and right and ask him or her. When last was it that you read the book of first Peter? Okay. Many times. (laughs) Many times we read verses. Many times we read uh, phrases. But we do not read the book. And that is very important. You need to read the book. You need to be familiar with the book. Isaiah 34.16 says, Seek ye out the book. The, Bible, the word Bible is actually the word Biblios, which means a book of books. In other words, a book that is a composition of several books. So the book of 1 Peter is a book you need to read. First Epistle General of Peter, chapter 1, I read from verse 5. The word of God says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. By the grace of God tonight, I will be sharing a message titled Power Packs. Power Packs. In other words, packages of power. Power Packs. I prefer to give you that word, that name, Power Packs. And I pray the Lord will share deep things with you in this area. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. For the entrance of your word, give it light and give it understanding to the simple. We thank you because of your purpose for these meetings and for your reason in bringing each and every one of us into your presence. We thank you, Father, because we pray tonight that your word and your spirit will have a free course among us and be glorified. Thank you because at the end of the day, the things that we learn and receive and hear and see we shall be doers and not hearers only. We exalt and praise your name and glorify you, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Power packs. Theologically speaking, there are certain attributes of God that are referred to as his essential attributes. That is, theologically speaking. Actually, there are two classes of divine attributes. We have what we call the moral attributes of God. Things like love, faithfulness, Kindness, mercy. All of these moral attributes are attributes that God intends to share with you and I. In other words, God does not just want to be called love, He wants you and I to love with the same kind of love that He loves us with. God, does, God is not just faithful, but He wants you and I also to be faithful. So the moral attributes of God, as those attributes of God. That he desires and delights to share with his creature. But there are certain attributes of God that his creature do not possess. These attributes of God are the attributes that put God in a class of his own. These attributes of God are the attributes that only God possess. And none of his creature possess them. These attributes are called theologically the essential attributes of God. So please note these two things. The moral attributes of God, these are the ones that he shares with us. Then we have what we call the essential attributes of God. These are the ones that he does not share with anyone. And he does not intend to share with us at all. Now there are six of these essential attributes of God. Six of them. The first one is that God is eternal. Eternal. First Timothy 1.17 says, Now unto the king eternal, Im- immortal, invisible, the only wise God. God is eternal. Which means he does not have any birthday. neither does he have a death day. He does not have beginning. He does not have an ending. He is everlasting. Psalm 90 verse 2 says, From everlasting to everlasting you are God. Isaiah 9.6 tells us, One of the names of God is everlasting father. Jeremiah 31 verse3 says, "I have loved you with an everlasting love. So the first essential attribute of God is that God is eternal. No beginning, no end. He has always been and he will always be. He is everlasting, He is eternal. He does not have a birthday like you and I, neither will he have a death day. So that's the first essential attribute of God, God is eternal. Second essential attribute of God is that god is self-existent when we say someone is self-existent what it simply means is that that person does not depend on anything and anybody outside himself for his for the sustenance of its life god is self-existent he is not dependent on anybody or anything for his existence we are told he when he was introducing himself To Moses, in Exodus 3.14, he says, My name is I am that I am. I am self-existent. I don't depend on anybody. I have never depended on anybody for my existence. I am independent. I am. I am alone. In other words, by himself, without any other support from anyone, he can subsist. He can exist. He can last. He can endure. And he can be. But that is not something that his creatures have. Husband depends on wife, children depend on their parents, the, 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 the pastor depends on congregation, congregation depends on the pastor. I mean, the leader depends on the follower, the follower depends on the leader. But God is self existent. That is the second attribute of God. He is not just eternal, everlasting, he is also self existent. Number three, God is not just everlasting or eternal. He is not just self-existent. He is also immutable. I m m u t a b l e. What does it mean to be immutable? It simply means to be unchanged and unchangeable as to his character and his being. Which means he has never changed. He will never change. He is today who he has always been and he is today who he will always be. He is unchangeable. So God is immutable, He is unchangeable, He is unchanged. The word of God tells us very clearly in the book of Malachi 3:16, I am the Lord, I change not. So that is who he is. He has never changed and he will never change. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forevermore. So that is the third. Essential attribute of God. He is immutable. Unchangeable and unchanged as to his character and his being. Number four attribute of God. Number four essential attribute of God. God is not just eternal. He is not just self-existent. He is not just immutable. God is also omniscient. He knows everything about everybody perfectly well job 36 verse 4 described him as he that is perfect in knowledge so god is omniscient he does not his knowledge is underived no one needs to give him knowledge about anything he knows everything and everybody perfectly well hebrews four thirteen said we are naked and open in the eyes of him with whom we have to deal he is perfect in knowledge he knows everything about everybody and every circumstance and situation perfectly well. Matthew 6 he says, he knows what things you have need of before you ask him. Job 23, verse 10 says, he knoweth the way that I take. Everything about him is such that he knows. He is omniscient, all-knowing. His knowledge is absolute and underived. Number five, essential attribute of God the fifth essential attribute of god is that god is omnipresent what does that mean it means he is simultaneously and universally present in all places at all times he is simultaneously and universally present in all places in all places at the same time he is in every place every time he doesn't just know everything about everybody, but he is also omnipresent. He is in every place. Now, human beings don't have that. You are here now in the church. You are not in your house. You are not in the car. You are not in the parking lot. You are not in your bedroom. You are not even when you are in your bedroom. You cannot be in your sitting room. But God is such that He is in both places and in every place at the same time. That is what it means to be omnipresent. Now, number six attribute of God. Essential attribute of God is that God is omnipotent. To be omnipotent means he is all-powerful. There is nothing he cannot do. There is no form of power that he does not possess. Political power is his own. Economic power is his own. Spiritual power derives from God. Psalm 62 verse 11 says, One, he said it twice. I had it that power... Belong to God. Once he said it was so. God is so many 19, Revelations nineteen six says, "Hallelujah, Lord God, omnipotent many reigneth." Romans thirteen verse one says, "There is no power that be of God. There is no power that be except ordained of God." Nahum chapter one verse three says, "God is great in power. When you are dealing with God, you are dealing with a powerful being." Matthew 6:13, Jesus Christ was teaching the apostles, and he said something very enlightening to them. He said they should pray like this: Thine is the kingdom, thine is also the power. Second Chronicles 25, verse 8. The word of God tells us, He said, For with thee, O God, is the power both to lift up and to cast down. First Chronicles 29:11 tells us: Thine is the kingdom, that is the power. First Chronicles twenty nine twelve. is it in thine hand is power. Exodus 15, verse 6 says, Thy right hand, O God, had become glorious in power. Thy right hand have dashed into pieces thy enemies. In the book of Genesis alone, God reflected Himself in his dealing with several people as the Almighty you find this in Genesis 17 verse 1, Genesis 28 verse 3, Genesis 35 verse 11, Genesis 43 verse 14, Genesis 48 verse 3, Genesis 49 verse 25. He repeated it again and again. He said, I am almighty. That means he's got all the power. So God is omnipotent. Omnipotent. He's got all the power. There is no power that be except ordained of god that is what the psalmist said in psalm 21 verse 13. he said let us sing and praise his power that is what the psalmist said in psalm 29 verse 16 he said i will sing of your power and i will sing of your mercy that is what the psalmist said in psalm 63 verse 2 he said i want to see your power as i've seen it in the sanctuary that is what the psalmist said in psalm 66 verse 7 he said "God ruled by his power Psalm 66 verse 3, he said, How terrible art thou, O God, through the greatness of your power shall your enemies submit themselves unto you. So God is omnipotent. The word of God says in Matthew nineteen twenty-six, Mark 10, 27, Luke 18, 27, The things which with men are impossible, with God all things are possible. Luke 1, 37 says, With God nothing Shall be impossible. Genesis 18 14. He says, I'm the God of a flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? So God is all powerful. Second Corinthians 9, 8 said, He's able to make all grace abound towards you. That you having sufficiency in all things, you will be able to abandon unto every 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 good work. So God is omnipotent. Now, that is the sixth essential attribute of God. Let me just run through that again. God is eternal. God is self-existent. God is immutable. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. And God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. It is wonderful to just imagine the God we serve as such a powerful God. Psalm 79. Verse 11 says, let the sign of the prisoners come before you, God, according to the greatness of your power. Deliver them that are appointed to die. Psalm 111 verse 6 says, God have shown unto his people the power behind his works, that he may give unto them the heritage of the heathens. Psalm 145 verse 11 says, we will speak of the glory of his kingdom and talk about his power. Psalm 147 verse 5 says, God is great and of great power. So, God is omnipotent. Now, I have said that because of time. I want to make this thing so clear to you because once it is clear to you, then you can access it. But it's not clear. If it's not clear, you will not know what to access. We are talking about power packs. Now, God is powerful, all powerful. But you see, God is not just all powerful for the reason of being all-powerful, you and I can have the privilege of benefiting from his power. It's not just enough to say God is powerful. I mean, some of us have uh, relatives who are powerful, but you and I are not having the benefit of their power. Some of our relatives have economic power, political power, but you and I are not experiencing, and we are not enjoying, and we have not known how to access the power that they have. But you see, God is powerful, and you and I can have the advantage. You and I can have the privilege of experiencing and accessing His power if you know where the packages are. When you know where something is put, you can have an advantage of that thing. If I come into this building... And I want to have a meeting i don't know where the microphone is i don't know where the speakers are i don't know where the amplifiers are i don't know where the control buttons are there is no way i can access there's no way i can enjoy that power or what is available in that building so god is powerful but you and i can have the advantage of enjoying and experiencing the privilege and the benefits of his power psalm 68 verse 19 says god Daily loaded us with benefits. But there is no way you can experience the benefits when you, don't, when you cannot locate where the loads are. But when you can locate where the loads are, then you can experience the benefits. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2 says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. So you and I can experience the benefits of God's power. And that's what we want to do with this weekend. How you and I can access, how you can, I can have an advantage of the power of God. Remember the scripture. It said we are kept by the power of God. Through faith unto salvation. Three things there. Yeah. Power, faith, salvation. Salvation is what comes from God. Faith is what you use to access salvation. But you are going to have to access salvation by f- where the power is. So understand that you will need to access that power once you know where it is. Now, now the power of God is there for us to take advantage of and to enjoy the privilege of. I said that. Let me move on. Now, because God is powerful and he wants you and I to experience the privilege of his power, one thing he has done is to package it. Is to package it. No matter what beautiful products you have, If you want people to have access to it, you have to package it. You have a good message, you want people to have access to it, you package it. Electricity is good, but electricity in the natural is packaged power made available to you and I, and we have access it by connecting our building to the grid system, and by having a meter and all the other paraphernalia. So we are able to have the benefit of the power supply Because we have accessed it. And there is no way you and I could have had access to the power if it were not packaged. So because God wants you and I to experience his power, he has to package it. Let me say this to you. The raw power of God, no man can withstand it. The raw power, just like raw electricity. Where it is being generated, you can't stand it. I mean, I live very close to a place known as kanji. And Kanji is a place in the 70s, 80s that used to generate a lot of electricity. And we would visit there from school and we just go there on visitation. And while you stand there, you'll be hearing the buzzing sound of electricity current as it's passed through. It has to be packaged for us to be able to plug the microphone to it, for us to be able to plug the speaker to it. If it is not packaged and transmitted in a way in which when I can access it, there is no way you can experience the benefit of it. And it's the same thing with the power of God. Because the power of God in the spiritual, in the natural, we have the equivalent of it, which is electricity. And it has to be packaged. Without the packaging, there is no way you and I can access the power. So God has packaged his power so that he can transmit it, so that he can communicate it, so that he can transfer it, so that you and I can have access to it. Know it again. God is powerful. No doubt about that. But in an attempt, it's not just powerful for being powerful sake. He wants you and I to enjoy the privileges. He wants you and I to enjoy the benefit of it. So he has had to package it. It is the packaging into which he puts it or he has put it that has made it possible for you and I to receive it. It is the packaging the packaging is the medium through which he transmits it, through which he transfers it, through which he makes it available to you and to me so that we can begin to experience it. And the word of God says it. And it's very clear in scriptures that God has had to use packages to transmit his power so that you and I can have access as it one to the power of God. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, he said, it is him who giveth us power. Now, in what way does he give us the power? It is in form of those packages. And it's important for you to know the power packs. Because if you don't know the power packs, you'll be saying, God, send power. I've been in the place before some people say, oh, Lord, send power. So, and I, I was amazed because I, was looking, I said, you must be fools because the packages are there. All you need to do is to open it. They are there in form of gifts. All you need to use just unfold on, on, the bundles and begin to tap into it. And as you begin to tap into it, you begin to experience the benefit of the power which God has made available and has put in the form of packages. So the Word of God tells us He gives power. In what form? In the form of those packages. And that's what I will emphasize. In that I will just share about five different packages with you and then you can go on and begin to tap into these packages and begin to experience the glorious power of God on a level and a dimension that you have never known up till now. When Christ was here, look at what he did. The Bible says in Matthew 10:1, in Luke 9, 1, in Mark 6, 7, he said he gave power to the apostles to cast out every spirit and to heal every manner of sickness among the people. So in what way did he give them power? In what, in what form was it? In what way was it put together for them to have? The Bible said he gave them power. Isaiah 40 verse 29. He said he gave that power to the faint, And to them that have no might, he increases strength. In what way does he give power to the faint? Psalm 29 verse 11. He said the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Now in what way will he give strength to his people? Psalm 68 verse 35, it says the Lord will give strength and power unto his people, unto his people. Now, in what way, in what form? It is in the form of those packages. And most of the time, this is where we have been blind to the things that our eyes should be opened unto. That's why Paul was praying for the Ephesian Christians. In Ephesians 1:18, he said that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of His calling." And in verse 19, he said that you may know the exceeding greatness of His power towards all who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when He raised him from the dead. My entire life had been spent in accessing God's power. Once you know we are there is power, you don't go through a blackout. The power of God does not lose voltage. The power of God does not fluctuate. The power of God is not something that is there today and tomorrow is not there. Many times when you don't know these packages, you, do, you live a powerless life that you should not live. We are kept by the power of God. Which means the kind of life you are going to live will be inferior if you don't have access to the power of God. And God will never leave you without providing you access to his power. that is where this seminar is important. That is why this weekend is important. So that you and I can begin to delve into the depth of the riches of the glory of the power of God. And so that you and I will begin to walk in newness of life, begin to serve in newness of spirit, begin to walk upon the high places, begin to get things done. Which before now, we have never been able to get done. So what are these packages? Because God is always giving He gives power. You see, the scripture is talking about God giving power, God giving power. Many times when I was a young Christian, and I read that in what way does, did He give the power? I say give them power. Luke 10:19. He said, I've given you authority, power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, in what form does the power of God exist that makes it easy? For him to transmit it to us, I will give you five and I will take my seat after we have prayed. The first package of God's power, the first package into which God put his power is that God has put his power in the package of the blood of Jesus. I like that song that says, there is power mighty in the blood. There is power mighty in the blood. There is power mighty in the blood of Jesus Christ. There is power mighty in the blood. In my Christian life of 28 years, I've experienced the power in the blood. The life of any animal is in the blood. If the blood of Jesus has been shed for us, it means you and I have access to the life because the blood is what carries the life. The Bible says in Hebrews 12:24, it said the blood of Jesus speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. In my life I have been involved in a deliverance ministry like many people will call it, which is just simply what Mark 16:15 talks about. And I've seen the efficacy of the power in the blood. Colossians 1:20 said you and I have peace through the blood. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 if, uh, Ephesians one seven, Colossians 1.14, He said, "In whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sin, through His blood, according to the riches of His grace." Romans five nine said, "We are justified by the blood." Acts twenty twenty eight says, "He purchased us by the blood." Ephesians two thirteen says, "Those who are far have been made near by the blood." first peter chapter 1 verse 19 said we are it tells us our redemption is not with such corruptible things as silver and gold but with the precious blood of jesus christ i remember several years ago i went to a school of nursing in egbe there's a town in kogiste known as egbe with apologies to those of you who are there and that school in those days was reputed for so many of the students being witches so many of them having familiar spirits I remember that day when I got there, I preached a powerful message on how demons enter people. And I said, you know what we are going to do today? And they said, no. I said, well, what we are going to do is that we are going to hold our hands and we are just going to shout the blood of Jesus. And when we did that, without any other paraphernalia, no cajoling, no manipulating, no helping people to know what to happen. We just held our hands and we shouted, The blood! When we did that, the power of God fell. The whole building shook. Sisters and brothers fell all over the places. Screaming, shouting, confessing their sins. Just because we said, The blood of Jesus. There's so much power in that blood. There is power mighty in the blood. There is power mighty in the blood. There is power. The blood of Jesus Christ, two thousand years have come and gone. It has not clot. There is nothing that can wash away your sins, but by the blood of Jesus. That is uh, the blood of Jesus. Speak The blood of Jesus. Speak it. Hebrews nine twenty two says, "Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins." First John chapter one verse seven. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sins. I remember the young man who came to me years ago. He had a different coronation on his face. This place was light. This place was dark, and it was bad. It was terrible. And he came to me and said, Sir, I have tried to use all manners of lotions. I've gone to dermatologists and they have looked at me and they have watched me and they're taking specimens and samples of my skin. They've tested it and they have all come back and said, Well, we don't know what is happening to you. I said, Well, I know there is something that is has got power in it and that is the blood. God just inspired me and I held his two hands. And I shouted, the blood of Jesus. The blood, as I was shouting, the boy was quaking from head to toe. He was vibrating, he was pulsating, he was screaming and shouting. He said, I didn't know this how it is. Just shouting the blood. Now, many people do not know the power of the blood. There have been instances, I remember, in bringing up my children. At times in the night, you know, children would begin to cry. You don't know what is wrong. Is it ear problem? Is it teeth problem? What They can't tell you how they feel. That's why I really bless God for pediatricians who treat children. They just have to guess right. Many times I will carry this by children. I won't know what prayer to pray. Should I bind? Should I... Should I bind? Should I lose? Should I approve? Should I throw down? Should I cast down? And I will embrace my son and my daughter. And I will shout the blood. The blood of Jesus the blood for want of nothing and, and anything to say I will just keep shouting the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And at times after I've shouted the blood of Jesus several times, the life in that blood will begin to flow and begin to chase away death. Life will always chase away death. Evil will bow before good, the wicked, at the gate of the righteous. The light shines in darkness. The darkness does not comprehend it. When you say the blood, you are bringing to bear the power in that blood. John one nine said in him was life, and the life was the light of man. The Bible said he washed us in his blood. Anything that can wash away sin must be very powerful. The stain of sin is unlike the stain of oil or the stain of chemical. Anything that can wash away blood. The Bible says in Revelation 1.5, Revelation 5.9, Revelation 7.14, he said he washed us in his blood. He must have relied on the power in that blood to wash you. The sins you have been committing. He said, don't your sins be as red as crimson. Don't they be as white? They, they, they be as, as, as terrible as it is." They said they shall be as white as snow. Through the power in the blood. That's the first package. At times, all you need to do is just say, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood. I want to challenge you to study the blood of Jesus. You will have access to the power. It's when you begin to study the blood, about the end of last year, I bought several books on the blood. I went to several bookshops and I piled about 28 books on the blood of Jesus. And as I've studied those books and my eyes have opened to the revelations in those books, the power of God has virtually sifted into my heart in such a way and to such a degree that was before then uncommon. At times when I want to eat, I just put my hand on the food. Whether I've been poisoned, or it's not been prepared well, or there is any point. said, the blood of Jesus! <laughs> my brother went to the house of uh, the firstborn of our family. My brother didn't know that the woman was a witch. She was the firstborn of the family. She's still well, <laughs> as it was. She's still the firstborn of her family. And my brother went there, and this woman was giving him of food laced with poison for three days, and my brother would just say the blood of Jesus and eat. So after three days, the woman came and knelt down. He said, "What have you been using?" The brother said, "The blood of Jesus." He said, ah, the life. When you say the blood, is the life in the blood? Hallelujah second package because of time the second package of power the second package you and i shall have access to and you and i shall seek is the holy spirit that's when it you shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you there are three dimensions of the holy spirit Number one is that when you are born again, the Spirit of God comes to dwell in you. We call it the indwelling Spirit. You need to know about it. You need to know. The Bible said, therefore with joy. Isaiah twelve three shall we draw water out of the well of salvation. No matter who you are, even if you are not speaking in tongues yet, the moment you give your heart and life to Christ, a measure of the Spirit of God comes to reside in you. John 1, 12, to us men that receive him, to them gave he power to become. So when you give your life to Christ, you receive a measure of power through the indwelling spirit. Colossians 1.27 says this in this way. He says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. You may not have hope before Christ comes to live in you. You may not have hope that you are able to face whatever comes across your way. But 1 John 3.9 says, Whatsoever is born of God does not commit sin and he cannot sin, because his seed remaineth in him. 1 John 5.4, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the, this is the victory that overcome the world. Even our faith in God, when we give our life to Christ. So that's the first level. You receive a measure of power when you get saved. Then you receive a second level of power when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between the indwelling of the Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Indwelling of the Spirit is for your spiritual lifestyle. Infilling of the Spirit is for service. There are two different things. That's why Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you that is the second level then there's the third level which we call refilling of the holy spirit many times christians do not know the difference in among the, the between uh, among these three and so we do not have access to the power of God the way we are supposed to Micah. 3, verse 8, he says, Truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord to declare unto Jacob her transgressions and to declare unto Israel her sins. Luke 4:14, 4, talking about Jesus. He said, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Even Jesus told his apostles, Luke 24:49: Do not depart from Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. To be born again without being filled with the Holy Spirit or to be filled with the Holy Spirit without going through times of refreshing or times of refilling will not give you access to the kind of power you need that can keep you strong and healthy in your faith. It's not just enough to be born again. After the born again experience, the indwelling spirit, then you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And after being filled with the Holy Spirit, from time to time, as occasions permit, you need to be refilled. You need to be refreshed. You need to have another fresh experience of the laying of hands and a fresh touch of God's spirit upon your life. Psalm 92, verse 10. He said, My horn shall that exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. When he said I shall be anointed with fresh oil, oh, the logic tells you if he's talking about fresh oil, then there was oil before, before the fresh oil. All right, so that's the second package. Package of the Holy Spirit. My God, you need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Oh, the whole of last year. That was what I was preaching about. My unique relationship. A, a real privilege for you and I to walk with the Spirit. To know the Spirit. To fellowship with the Spirit. To talk with the Spirit. To worship the Spirit. To, to, to have an ongoing communion with the Spirit. That's why 2 Corinthians 13. says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. We talk about the grace a lot. We talk about the love a lot. But the C says the communion of the Holy Spirit. If I say, I don't believe in the grace of God, you will say, I don't believe in the grace of Jesus Christ, you will say, I'm not saved. Because Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace are you saved through faith. If I say, well, I believe in grace, but I don't believe in the love of God, you will say that I don't know about His only begotten Son. But you see, people who believe in the grace of Jesus and who believe in the love of God do not believe in the communion of the Holy Spirit. And that's why they are powerless. Jesus said, I will pray the Father, he will give you another Comforter, that he may be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth within the world cannot receive, because they know him not. Neither do they see him, but you know him, for he is with you and shall be in you. The reason for blackout in the church today is lack of an ongoing communion and partnership with the Holy Spirit. You can never be weak or feeble if you walk with the Holy Spirit. If he walks with you and you talk with him and is your partner, your senior partner in everything you do in the place, you go in the choices you make, in the decisions you, deal, you, you make, you will discover that you will experience the real power of God. Because that is it. There used to be a young man here in London called Andrew Bona. He had a church somewhere in central London. All of that has disappeared now. That man was filling his church building. 5,000 people, three services every Sunday. You see, people are looking at England and looking at London. And they are thinking what is happening now is the first time. No, before now, there were people that are shaking this place. Charles Spurgeon, Tabernacle used to fill out many times on Sunday. And Andrew Bonner was a young man. Who filled his auditorium several times. Here in London on Sunday. He had three services. Each of them attracted 5,000 people. Here in London. Most of the time. Because we have not gotten into that relationship. And fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We have not known what the power of God is like. I have seen fantastic things happen. In the place where the Holy Spirit is worshipped. Where he is reverenced. We have reverence. people who wait on him. We have people look at him as a partner. And they walk with him in everything they do. So the first package, the blood. The second package, the Holy Spirit. The third package, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Several years ago, I read a book by a man known as E.W. Kenyon. On the wonderful name of Jesus. And then years after, I read a book by another man of God, Kenneth E. Again, The name of Jesus. The word of God says in Proverbs 18.10, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and he's saved. Matthew 6, 9. Say you should pray like this. Hallowed be thy name. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Who we'll call upon the name of Jesus. Let me tell you a story here. I was invited to the bedside of a man who was sick. And they had no diagnosis or prognosis to the condition. The man will swallow a tablet and he will defecate it in the same shape. The tablet was not dissolving. Certain certain demonic activities had taken over the digestive system. And this man who was not digesting, was not breaking down. He will swallow a tablet, a capsule. And when he defecates, you see it there. And so they told me to go to the place, and I got there. And when I got there, I saw the man. The man said, oh, you are here? I said, yes. He, t- he now started giving me the catalog of people who had been here before. He said, Pastor so-and-so, okay. Pastor so in other words, you have come to join the number. Pastor so-and-so, okay. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. Verse 6 says, In all your ways, I only give money, you direct your path. So when the man began to say that, I knew that I had to take the strategy from God. Psalm one forty four verse one. Blessed be the Lord God who to get my hands to war and my fingers to fight. So I had to ask God. God, what is the battle plan? God said, There is nothing. What you are just going to do? You are just going to call the name of Jesus. He said, Let every member of the family hold your hands. So we held our hands around this man's bed and we stood there. And God said, Call the name. So the name of Jesus. Nothing happened. The devil said, You missed this. I said, No. I say Acts 4:12 says there is no name given among men by which men may be saved except the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is saved. In Acts 9:34, Peter saw a man called Aeneas who had been sick for eight years. He walked up to the man and said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ, make thee whole. Rise up and take your bed. And the man rose up eight years. He just said, Jesus Christ, make thee whole. Acts chapter 3 verse 6. Peter looked at that man who had been at the gate called Beautiful for 40 years. The man was born a cripple. Peter said, silver or gold have I none? but such as I have, give I to thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up! No silver, no gold. Today there is no silver, there is no gold, and there is no name of Jesus. Double deal probably. Double tragedy. What I'm saying is a packet. Just saying, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name. Just repeating that name. Jesus said in John 14, verse 13 and 14. He said, whatsoever I shall ask in my name, I'll do it. If you will ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. So we got there and we held our hands. And I said, the name of Jesus. The second time, nothing happened. All right, now, the name of Jesus, third time. The name of Jesus, the fourth time. Then the man, the man who stretched on the bed. I didn't know what. It's happening now. The name of Jesus. He said, leave me, leave me. I'll talk, I'll talk. Leave me, leave me. I'll talk. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. By the time we said the name of Jesus the sixth, seventh time, the man said, I'll talk. We now discover something. The man with his own mouth said something very strange. He said that he afflicted himself with the sickness, with the intention to bother a member of his family and waste their finances. Who would have thought someone could do that to himself? But that was what happened. And the man only responded to the name of Jesus. Everybody's been coming and anointing him with oil. You lay hands on him. Lay hands on him or no man. First Timothy 522. Be no particular man says, Keep yourself pure. At times all you need to do is such say the name. I remember the man who had a problem. The man said in his vision in the night he slept. And he saw someone give him something to eat in the night. And you see, this man has been coming to church and coming to church. And the stomach ache was continuing and continuing and continuing. One day, God just said to me, He said, Just touch his stomach and say in the name of jesus don't say more than that so the man i, I saw him coming i was ready for him as was was i was ready for him i said i know how to deal with this man to them. as he was coming i just put my hand on his stomach said the name of jesus and the man bent I said, <coughs> and he vomited his stone a small stone and I said, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. I didn't do anything except say the name of Jesus. And that was how the man was delivered. After the stone came out, several other things followed. There was a little end of an antelope horn that followed. These were the things that was fed with winning sleep. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Silver, gold have I known, but such as I have. The name of Jesus today represents him. When you say the name of Jesus, you are releasing power because there is no other name given among men philippians chapter 2 verse 10 and eight, 9 and 10. he said god have highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name at the name of jesus everything and every tongue shall confess that jesus is lord to the glory of god the father these are power packs these are power packs you are at times, all you need to do is just put your hand on your head and say, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. I remember the man who came back from Sweden. When the man came back from Sweden, he was in one of our services. He sat at the back. He was so skeptical about everything we were doing. He was just looking at us and wondering what we were up to. And I was looking at him too. So at the end of the services, he came to the front. He said, well, I've just arrived from Sweden. I said, you are welcome. I said, what do you want? Then he went ahead and told me all the problems and all the challenges. I said, okay, you know what I'm going to tell you to do? He said, No, I said you're just gonna put your, your you're gonna put your own hand upon your head and begin to say the name of Jesus and say it 20 times. Just say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The man did die, put his hand in the name of Jesus the first time. By the time he said the name of Jesus seven times, he started sweating. I didn't know what the power of God was doing, but he started sweating. The name of Jesus. By the time I said number no, about 14, I In the name of Jesus, did it Power of God. Everybody say power. Power. Say power. But you need to know the packages and access the packages. Instead of saying send the power down. It's an insult. The power is already down. The power needs to be poured out. Not poured down. It has already been poured down through the blood. It has been poured down through the Holy Spirit. It has been poured down in the name of Jesus. The fourth package. The word of God. The word of God is the fourth package. The word of God is the fourth package. Psalm one thirty eight verse two. He said, "God has highly exalted His word above His name." First Corinthians four twenty. Where the word of the King is, there is power. I mean, First Corinthians four twenty. The kingdom of God is not in words, but in power. Hebrews eleven three. He said, "God is upholding all things by the word of His power." So the word of God is a power park. I know quite a number of people have spoken about the word of God being a power park, is good. But you see, as powerful as the word of God is, many people have not had access to the power. Because they have not looked at it as a source of power. Since I got to be a Christian, I've read the Bible through over a hundred times. And so powerlessness is not my portion. Not because I say amen to somebody saying powerlessness, not my portion, but because I access the power. Because where the word of the king, is, there is power. The word of God is God's package. And the more the word of God you access, the more the power you walk in. By the grace of God, probably in one of the sessions I will talk about how to access the power in the word of God. Your attitude towards the word of God will determine your altitude in life. He has given us his word not to decorate under our pillow or to decorate our bags or to decorate our hands. He has given us his word as a power pack that you and I should access. Let me give you one more time. I know my time is almost up here. The fifth package is the gathering of the saints. People don't know that there is power in numbers. They don't know there is power in coming together. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. Two are better than one. God knows the power in fellowship. He made man for fellowship. When He made man, He made man so that He can have someone with to fellowship. Iron, sharp net, iron. When you stay away from fellowship, you weaken yourself. The reason why we kill snakes is because they work individually. Imagine if the viper, the adder, the python, the anaconda, about 50 different species are walking at the same time. Will anybody get near them? That is what fellowship means to you and I. Fellowship strengthening us. What you and I can't do alone, we can do when we are together. If you take a broomstick, you can break it. If you bring a bunch of broomstick together and you try to break it, it will only bend and not break. That is to let you know the power in fellowship. So stop staying away from church. There is so much power in gathering together with the saints. Not forsaking the assembling together of one another as the manner of some is. It's time to always be in meetings to join a fellowship, to join a department, to involve yourself in the flow of the Spirit, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head of Aaron. There is so much. Annoying. In the Bible, when the congregation pray or praise. the Bible said the building is shaken, But when you pray alone, you are the one shaking. But when you endeavor to maintain the unity of the Spirit with other people in the faith, you discover you shake the building. We are going to shake this city, Trinity Chapel, in the name of Jesus. With the power of God and our unity. Let me say this. It's not the number, but the connection. 300 members of Gideon's army put to flight the armies of the alien. We need to check our connection. Whether we are well connected to each other. Because the more we are together and we want accord... It will be difficult for anybody to stop us. Nobody will stop you Trinity Chapel. From here, you move on to those higher heights, to those greater glories, to those deeper dimensions. Today, you are starting a journey. This month, you are starting a different journey on a different plane. You will get better, and you get better things. The Lord bless you. Shall we rise and bless him? Come and glorify the Lord. Exalt him. Hallelujah. 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 It could be the name of Jesus. I studied the subject of the name of Jesus for five years. I read all books. There is no verse of scripture in the entire Bible on the name of Jesus that I don't know. I had to write it out. I wrote them out. I didn't print them on the computer. I had to write it with my hand. Because as you are writing with your hand, you you find it easier to remember. I wrote them out. I carried the book around. Every scripture on the name of Jesus. To a point that I remember one day we were going to have an accident. It was Obomansha. With apologies to those of you from uh, Obomasha, Agilita village. As we were overtaking a big... uh, uh, As we were overtaking a trailer, we saw another one coming. It was too close to reverse. It was too close to say, shall we agree, brethren, in unity? (laughs) There was only one thing I could do. I just called the name of Jesus let me say this to you. I would never know what God did, but supernaturally, not only did we escape brushing with the one on the right, the one that was coming headlong, we also escaped. I wouldn't know how we were able to squeeze between the two. At times, time, if all you can do is call the name of Jesus, it's enough. Remember those power packs again. The blood, the Holy Spirit, the name of Jesus, the word. And the guardian of the saints, now lift up your hands and begin to pray, begin to pray. And there is something that I normally do when I have this kind of opportunity, just a little one. Now in First Timothy 4.14, the word of God says, neglect not the gift that is in you. Alright? Then in 2 Timothy 1.6, it says, "Stir up the gift that is in you. You see, the word of God can be in us and be dormant. The spirit of God can be in us and be dormant. The power to call the name of Jesus can be in us and be dormant. Many times neglect is one sure way of putting out the fire of God's power. Neglect. It's just like you take your left hand and you tie it to your back for six months. By the time you bring it down, it's feeble and gone. Many people have never experienced the power. We see, let me say this to you. Uh, the Bible says you shall receive power. I like that one, Acts 1, it says you shall receive power. Many people say that what power is what dynamo, dunamo, which means a dynamo. Now a dynamo generates power by activation. It is not a dynamite. It's not dynamite. A dynamite would just spark, plah! And that's all. But a dynamo, the more it works, the more the power it generates. So you are going to do two things tonight. You are going to pray in the spirit. You are going to pray in understanding. And you are going to put your hand on your belly. Out of your belly shall flow. You are going to begin to call up the power of God to begin to get manifest in your life. To begin to get manifest in your work. To begin to get manifest as you go in and come out. Come on, speak, 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 speak now. Speak to that power. Say, power of God, rise up within me. Power of God come into manifestation. Power of God be manifested in my life. Power of God be manifested in my speech. Rise up, rise up. Touch my intellect. Touch my, touch every part of my being. Power of God, wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up the giants inside you. Commander power.